0: Like all navigational tools in the 21st century, I fit right in your pocket. I'm a life coach in your pocket. Happy listening. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Life Coach In Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. I wanna talk to you today about how you can be a more powerful influencer in all areas of your life. And the reason why I'm using the word influencer is because what I'm gonna be talking to you about today is sales in particular. Yet, when I use the word sales, what I have found is that most people take themselves out of that equation immediately. Oh, I'm not in sales. I don't do sales as a career. That's not something that I need or could benefit from. However, I wanna challenge that thinking and say, well, No matter what you're doing, even if you're a teacher, and especially if you're a teacher, you're selling all day long. You're trying to get your students on board to be excited to learn, to be ready to learn, to be okay with whatever the classroom rules are, to be on board with those. That's selling, my friend. You are in a position of wanting everybody on the same page with you, and you're selling all the time. If you're a parent, you're selling all the time. You're trying to get your toddler to eat their vegetables. That's sales, my friend. If you just want your friends to come over and help you move, that conversation is a sales conversation. So let's start by providing a good definition of the word sales. Sales is really you talking about something that would be beneficial for both you and the other person and getting the other person excited to say yes to that opportunity. So it doesn't matter if you're actually in direct sales, like those of us who are in network marketing, we know we're in direct sales. And those of us who aren't, we might have a harder time recognizing like where we're selling vision to people, yet you're selling vision to people all the time, especially if you're a leader or you're in leadership or you're a parent, you lead people all the time with conversation so how can you be more powerful how can you create more positive influence in other people's lives and how can you get them to say yes when they have objections to your ideas that's what we're going to talk about today now there's another person that you're going to want to sell to And that is yourself. If you are trying to get yourself on board to do something and you have been struggling to say yes to yourself and to say yes to what's required of that vision, I'll give you an example. Let's say you want to start a business and yet you have all of these objections in your head about, oh, that's going to cost too much money or that's going to take too much time or that's going to be too this or too that. Uh, you're actually trying to sell to yourself the idea of becoming a business owner, yet you have objections and you don't know how to overcome those objections. So the other person that you deserve to learn how to sell to efficiently is yourself. Anytime that you're struggling to get yourself to say yes, you can use these tips to help yourself say yes to your vision more often. Now, I think a good place to start is to recognize where the most common mistakes in sales happen. Most common mistakes in sales. And the reason why I want to start here is because once I say them out loud, (laughs) you're going to be like, oh, yes, I have done one or all of those things. And so this is just a reminder, even if you've heard this content before, most common sales mistakes, I'm going to bring it back up to the surface of the conscious mind so you can recognize where you have areas of growth so most common sales mistakes number one and we've all been on the receiving end of number one so it's going to be really easy to spot is no rapport no rapport whatsoever what does this look like in reality this looks like when you go on your facebook or your instagram or wherever you hang out uh, in the cyberspace and you receive messages from strangers and it is irritating to you because you know this stranger has an agenda. I can just smell it. I can just smell it. Hey, how are you? Where are you from? And you're like, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I don't even know you. Like, why are you asking me where I'm from? Because you're trying too hard to build rapport with me because you have an agenda and you want to sell me something, and I am going to shut that down. Or even worse, they don't even start out with three questions they just message you their entire pitch and it's like you open up your message box and there's an essay in there hey i think that you would be great at you know network marketing opportunity and you're like okay i don't know you i don't have a relationship with you we've never spoken before why why would i say yes to you (laughs) we've all been on the receiving end of that and if you're in sales for more than a day You've probably made this mistake before. No rapport. That is the first most common mistake. The second most common mistake is talking at the person. Talking at the person. Talk, 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 talk. This is all the things and all the reasons and all the amazingness about this product. And when we're talking at the person, we're not asking questions. So biggest mistake number two, talking at the person Not asking questions. And this is even true if you want someone to come help you move. You are not going to just talk at them. Okay. Biggest, most common mistake number three, selling too hard or not enough. Selling too hard or not enough. What does that mean? Well, you've also been on the receiving end of the person who's selling you too hard and they're going on and on about how amazing the product is, and then you have pushback or you have a question, and you, you almost feel like this person is like twisting your arm to get you to buy. That's selling too hard. Um, the other, you know, the on the other end of the spectrum, you have not hard enough. And these are the types of salespeople that as soon as somebody even like hesitates or pauses or asks a question. They like back out. They're like, oh, you know what? Yeah, never mind. You know, it probably wasn't a good idea. Sorry to bother you. Have a nice day. Um, So that would be like a non-dominant style of selling, like a scared type of selling. So reason three or most common mistake number three is selling too hard or not enough. Okay, let's talk about number four. The most common mistake... That most salespeople make is that they take any objection as a no. So somebody asks a question or they say, you know, man, gosh, that just seems really expensive to me. And then the salesperson goes, oh, okay, I'm going to take that as a no. Um, No, this is a common mistake. So taking any objection or any reservation as a no is a big mistake and i'm going to tell you how you can overcome that today all right most common mistake numero cinco no follow up okay so the person has given me a maybe or they've given me a not right now and then i don't follow up with that person to turn that maybe into a yes that's i would say most common mistake number five let's ground this into reality with a personal story, I'm going to share a time in my life when I made all of these mistakes and more. So it doesn't take me that hard to think of a story because when I first got into network marketing, I was so excited about the network marketing opportunity. I was a new, very new Beachbody coach and this was the most exciting thing to me that I'd ever heard about. I was like, this aligns with me and everything that i want to do a hundred percent like the vision of becoming more fit becoming more healthy yes i just used the word healthy in a sentence i need more sleep i meant to say (laughs) becoming more healthy and helping others do the same so i got all excited about this opportunity and i was like this is what i've been looking for my whole life like having fun and getting healthy and getting fit and helping others and making more money to create more money freedom and time freedom in my life. Yes. And then I got so excited about this opportunity that I just wanted to tell everyone. And what did I do? I wrote out a message I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this opportunity, this and that and the other, and I'm going to get healthy and fit, and I'm going to help others do the same, and I'm going to make more money, and I'm going to have more time freedom. And do you want to join me on this opportunity? And I sent it to everyone I know. And guess how much results that yielded? Well, most people didn't respond back. Because why? Because we had no rapport, and my message was out of nowhere. And the ones who did respond were like, super negative like oh my gosh you're doing one of those pyramid schemes blah blah blah, blah 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 we're gonna talk about that too uh but then I just felt so deflated like I was like I was on cloud nine 10 minutes ago and I was like sure that I was gonna make it to the top immediately because I'm like I'm gonna message 100 people right now and nobody was as excited as me so I just felt completely deflated. And unfortunately, I didn't really learn my lesson that quickly. Like it took a long time for me to realize what I was doing wrong. So then if I did get any interest at all, I would make most common mistake number two, which was ask no questions. So if somebody sent me a message and was like, hey, I've been seeing that you're getting healthy and fit. I think I might be interested. You know, what you know, product should I try? Oh my gosh, I just sent them like, okay, here's my favorite workout and here's why I love it and you're going to love it too and blah, blah, blah. I just talked them to death and then I didn't hear back from them and I'm like, oh, what am I doing wrong? Like this person came to me and asked me what workout I recommend and I responded with the workout that I recommend and they're still not interested. Like what is going on? And then with an even smaller percentage of people, maybe they did respond and they were like, okay, you know, I think I'd be interested in that workout. That sounds great. My only reservation is I just don't, I don't know about working out from home. And I'm just not sure if I'm going to have time for this workout. And also, man, the price tag seems expensive. And then I would like feel shame and fear and not know how to respond and i'd be like like a robot about to shut down like short circuit don't know what to say like this person thinks it's too expensive and oh my gosh if they think it's too expensive then i'll never be able to make this sale and how am i supposed to get over the fact that they don't want to work at home uh so maybe this workout isn't the right one for them and then i would just basically cave and be like, you know, if you don't want to work out at home, I guess this isn't the right workout for you. Yeah. Okay. Maybe find something else to do. Or I just would push too hard. So remember mistake number four was not enough, not enough energy. So that'd be an example of not enough, or I'd push back to way too hard. And I'd be like, this is why working out at home is great. And you're going to love it. And this is why it's super cheap and you're going to love it. And this is why all of your, you know, questions and reservations don't make any sense. And I would just push, push, push. I'm going to tell you what to do instead because believe it or not, that's a mistake too. And then if the person said this, don't you love this one? I need to think about it. I need to think about it and I'll get back to you. I would just be like, okay. Cool, so this person's gonna get back to me. So uh, they're gonna be a maybe, so I'm gonna write their name down as a maybe. And then a week goes by, two weeks go by, three weeks go by, and I'm like, okay, this person said they were interested. When should I reach out to them? Well, they said they were gonna reach out to me. Should I reach out to them? And I just play this mental game with myself as to when to follow up with this person or whether or not I should follow up with them. At all because they said they would come to me. Oh my gosh, you guys. Thinking that much about your sales is exhausting. Well, I have a better way, and I'm gonna teach you what that better way is. First, let me start by saying that education is your number one best friend. Like, if you can listen to more podcasts on how to be a better influencer, if you can take more courses on how to be a better influencer, That is the place to start. Once I became obsessed with learning how to do it better, I got better. I got really, really good, in fact. Um, So good that I actually started to hear yes 60 to 70% of the time. And for those of you that are in sales, you've probably heard this stat that 10% is a good salesperson. 20% is an excellent salesperson. I feel weird even tooting my horn this much because it's always better when you can have somebody else saying how amazing you are at something. Like talking about yourself as being amazing in a particular subject just feels weird to me. But you deserve to know why even listen to me. Why even listen to this podcast. So I'm just going to be honest and tell you the truth. I am got so good at sales that my conversion rates became 60 to 70 percent yeses all of the time and then as i was doing follow-ups i was getting even more yeses from those follow-ups and i wasn't really seeing myself as being amazing at sales i didn't really see it as any special skill or anything i just was like well yeah the information's out there i got it i started applying it big deal And once I transitioned from doing network marketing full-time to starting my own life coaching business and going out and getting life coaching clients, I was hearing yes more like 90% of the time. I mean, once in a while, I would get on the phone with somebody and not be able to support them or not get them to see the vision or not get them to be able to understand the benefit of life coaching. But I'd say most of the time, 90% of the time, I was getting clients Again, I didn't see this as any big deal. I was just running my business. Well, it was actually my friend Carson who was watching me get clients left and right and was like, you know, you're really good at that. And I was like, uh-huh. And he's like, no, I'm serious. You're like really good at sales and you should teach other entrepreneurs how to do sales. And when he first said that to me, I was like, Ew, that <laughs> sounds so boring. I do not want to do that. I said, I'm really happy doing my coaching thing and learning how to coach people really, really well and coaching clients. That is my niche. That's what I do. That's my thing. And Carson just kept at it. I mean, every few months he was coming to me and saying, you have to teach other coaches or other entrepreneurs how to do this, how to close 60, 70, 80% of sales. You can sell anybody. Anything. I don't understand what you're doing. You need to break it down and tell people what you are doing. The resistance in me, which is so funny because I was really good at sales, and yet I still had resistance around teaching it because I had this limiting belief in my brain. That's the NLP word for belief that is not necessarily true. I had this belief in my brain that if I became a teacher of sales, that would detract from my greater, higher purpose. And I had this belief in my brain that sales was not this spiritual activity. It didn't bring about greatness in the world. It didn't help people become better people. And so because I just wanted to make the world a better place, I wanted to make people become better versions of themselves. And yet I didn't see where sales fit into that equation. I was like, That doesn't fit in with my purpose. My purpose is to help people become better versions of themselves. And Carson kept saying to me, Hello, if they're a better salesperson, they're a better version of themselves. And I just, it wasn't getting through to me. Now, whether or not you put stock in visions or dreams or anything like that, I'm not here to dispute that. I know, know, know that I know that I know that I know that I had a dream, a vision, from God. Nobody, no dispute is going to take away my belief. So you can believe it or you cannot believe it. Doesn't matter. This is what happened. After yet another conversation of telling Carson, no, I don't want to teach sales. I had a vision of me standing on this mountain with God. And what we were doing up there is we were going down the mountain and we were helping other people move these boulders up the mountain and push them off the mountain. So we were going down the mountain, we were helping people push these boulders up the mountain and then watching them roll down the other side. And, and as they rolled down the other side, what happened was the, the boulder became larger and, larger and larger and larger and larger and larger and it created this massive momentum going down this mountain and this vision even when I explain it I'm like the how did I even get the epiphany the lesson the learning from this but as I saw this in my mind's eye God said to me if you can help people learn how to sell you can help people create more change in the world if other coaches just want to change the world and they don't have any clients they're not changing the world. You have to help coaches understand how to get clients. And then they can make transformation happen. And that transformation can carry momentum forward and make changes in the world. But all these people that have skills, that have knowledge, that have tools to share with other people, and they don't know how to sell what they have, they can't create change. They have all the tools to change people, but until they have clients, they cannot create change. And it was as if something clunked into place in my brain. And I was like, yes, and you can quote me on this. This is a quote. Sales is the first step of transformation. If anybody wants to help others create transformation in their life, the first step is a sales conversation, period. End of discussion i don't care who you are i don't care what you're doing i don't care what your career is i don't care if you have kids don't have kids if you want to create change you deserve to know how to have a sales conversation so from there i called carson back and i said i am ready to teach others how to convert 60 to 70 percent and he said what changed because i have been asking you to do this for a year And I told him my vision and he was like, okay, from now on, we're going to use that quote. Sales is the first step in transformation. You're going to use that in all of the classes that you teach. And you're going to start teaching people how to do sales the way that works. And I said, okay, let's do it. And I taught a sales course for two and a half years. And the only reason why I'm not teaching it right now is because I'm on maternity leave with my son still. And yet I miss it and I still believe in it and I still believe that you can benefit from this conversation, that you can learn how to have more influence in people around you. You can stand on the mountain and throw boulders off the cliff and create momentum through the first step. The first step is understanding basic sales skills and I'm gonna give those to you right now. The first one is easy. Remember I said the most common mistake is lack of rapport? Just talking to people out of the blue and selling people out of the blue. Well, when you get into sales, and this is what I have found to be true for most people that I've worked with in sales is that they are afraid of being that person. And so because they are afraid of being that person, they don't talk to anybody because they're like, well, as soon as I reach out to somebody, they're going to sniff me out and be like, you have a product to sell. Get away from me. And so because that becomes the fear, they don't do anything. They just are like, okay, well, I don't have anyone to talk to who's going to be interested in this product. And I don't want to come across as pushy or icky. So therefore, I'm not going to start conversations with people. And I would say, hold up. What we did was, we just pendulum swung from one extreme to the other. There is a happy medium. Let's find it. There are people in your life that you do have massive amounts of rapport with right now. And also, let's break down this definition of rapport. I just met new people. I went to a brand new church on Sunday and I met new people for the very first time. And I still was able to build rapport in 15, 20 minutes. And I would say, yeah, I would have no problem now talking to them about what I do and asking them if they're interested. It took 15 minutes. So it's not that you can't build rapport with strangers. Take that thought out of your brain and throw it away. What I am saying is that let's check if we have rapport first before we sell people. Now, if we don't have rapport first, how can we build rapport? I'm gonna give you some NLP tips. Now, when I first tell people these, they're like, okay, these tips are weird. And also I feel super weird implementing them. And also (laughs) I feel kind of phony doing this. But what I'm doing is I'm breaking down consciously what people who have rapport do automatically, unconsciously, all of the time. So first of all, have you ever met someone And you're like, oh my gosh, I have known you for years. Or I feel like I've known you before. What is that? What is that? That's rapport. So all I'm doing is I'm taking that process that happens automatically and unconsciously with some people. And I'm explaining it to you so you can create this amount of rapport with everyone else. So it's not phony or fake. I actually want to shift that thinking and say, you do this anyway. Everybody does this anyway. I'm just decoding it for you rapport happens because people like people who are like them people like other people who they can see themselves in at some capacity so rapport isn't liking someone it's actually seeing in someone that they are like me that they are like you so rapport isn't liking someone you can like someone and you can dislike someone and still have rapport either way rapport is simply I like people who are like me, you like people who are like you. How can we find commonalities? Because rapport is people like people who are like themselves. So find commonalities, find common interests and you will build rapport. Also your tone of voice matters and I teach this to every pageant girl that comes in and sits down with me and says, I suck an interview, please help me get better and i know what they're thinking when they sit down they're thinking rachel's gonna tell me how to answer questions better and that's true that is a piece of interview prep and interview coaching is the actual questions themselves and getting better at answering but the first thing that i teach every pageant student who comes to me and says help me win interview okay i will do that i've done pageants I've gotten 100% interview more than one time. I know what I'm doing. And the first thing that I'm doing is I'm building rapport with every single judge simply by matching that judge's tone of voice. I match their tone of voice. I match their volume of voice. I match their pace of voice exactly. Now, this is going to sound, if you've never heard this before, you're like, what in the what does this even mean? Okay, I'll give you an example. Some people talk really, really fast. I do not. I go back and listen to podcasts that I have produced and I am like, wow, I am talking really slow. (laughs) Do people put me on speed? They must. They must. I know. You probably do that to me. You put me on multiple speed. It's okay. I know. I know this about myself. I'm a slow talker. Well... I have to adjust that. So if a judge is talking to me really, really fast and they ask me a question and it sounds like this, Rachel, tell me why you wanna win this title. Immediately I'm like, oh, I have to speed it up times 10 because this judge is a fast talker. So I am going to talk really fast. What does that do? I'm unconsciously building rapport with this judge. So even if she disagrees with my answer or he disagrees with my answer, I matched their volume, pace, and tone to the point where that person unconsciously thinks to themself, I feel like I know this girl. You do. It's you. I'm reflecting back to you yourself. That's what rapport is. That's why you feel that you know me is because I am being you for a second. Now, when I first learned this concept, I'm like, okay, is that manipulative? That's really bizarro. Like, is that phony? Is that fake? Is that not being me? Okay. I know you're thinking that I'm going to answer those questions. I'm still me. My answer, whatever answer comes to my mind, I'm still delivering authentically and truthfully. I'm just adjusting my pace and tone of voice. That's all I'm doing. I'm not being fake. I'm not being phony. I'm not lying. I'm giving my answer at the tone and quality and pace of voice that this judge prefers. That gives me an edge, okay? That gives me an edge. It gives you an edge as well. Again, NLP is just uncovering what we do unconsciously with people and bringing it conscious and saying, okay, have you ever met someone that you feel like you've known forever? The reason why is rapport. Let's talk about rapport. How do we build rapport with other people? Well, we find commonalities, we find common interests, and we mirror and match. That's rapport. Okay, let's move on to tip number two. Tip number two, remember most common mistake number two was talking at the person. Talk, 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 talk. You've all heard it. You've all been on the receiving end of it. It's when the person says to you, oh my gosh, you have to try my... Shake that tastes like cake, it's amazing, and it's got 50,000 ingredients in it, and every single ingredient is gonna give you more energy, and it's gonna make you regular, and it's gonna do this and that and the other, and they just word vomit on you, or worse, you have been the person that word vomited on somebody else. That doesn't work. We know it doesn't work. So, what do we do instead? We must ask questions. How can I sell a product if I don't know if the other person is even remotely interested? The most common mistake is to think I can build interest by just talking about how amazing the product is. No, you can't and you won't. You cannot build interest that way and you will not build interest that way. Stop talking about the product. Stop. Stop. Stop talking about the product. I'm being serious. Stop it. Stop. Stop talking about the product. Stop. Did I say stop enough times? Will you stop? You promise you're going to stop? Here's what you do instead, okay? If you actually wanna build interest in a product, what you do instead is you build vision around the results of the product. Create and build vision around the results that the product will give. Stop talking about the product. Here's why, let's say that you decide one day that you want to go on a vacation okay wherever you want to go dream up your favorite vacation spot where is it if you could go anywhere in the world where would you go and let's say that wherever you decide to go is going to require a plane ticket okay so you're thinking maybe oh my gosh wouldn't it be wonderful to go to Bora Bora or Hawaii, or if you live in Hawaii, maybe you want to go to Africa, or you want to go to Europe, wherever it is, okay, your dream destination. What is it that's appealing to you about the dream destination? Maybe you're the type of person that's looking into where you can get more sun, or see more beaches, or you want to go hiking, or you want to go snorkeling. These are the reasons why you're going to buy a plane ticket okay but here's what most people do when they're trying to sell a plane ticket they sell the plane ticket and they say this okay so would you this plane is amazing it can take you wherever you want to go and actually with this ticket you get to pick if you would like a window seat or an aisle and yes it's going to be a 15 hour flight Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to provide you with a meal. You have unlimited water. All you have to do is you have to click the little button every time you want water and the flight attendant will appear. And, um, if you want a blanket, probably bring your own blanket because I'm not sure if this plane has blankets or not. And the other person on the receiving end of this conversation is like, why the hell am I getting on the plane? I don't want the plane. That sounds horrible. I don't. I don't have money for that right now. I don't have any desire to get on a 15-hour flight. Thanks, but no thanks. Okay, don't sell the plane. Sell the destination. Stop talking about your product and start talking about the end result of your product. When I'm selling life coaching to people, I'm not talking to them about what their sessions are going to look like. Hey, we're going to meet on Zoom and we're going to spend 60 minutes together, you know, fixing things in your life. What? No. First I say, what do you want to get out of coaching? Like, where are you feeling stuck in your life? What picture, what vision do you have that you're struggling to obtain on your own? Let's talk about that vision. Let's talk about where you see yourself in five years. Let's talk about where you see yourself in 10 years. Let's talk about what's stopping you from getting there and how I could support you in getting to the destination. I'm not gonna to talk to them about the how. I'm not gonna to talk to them about, you know, they're gonna to need to meet with me every week. That's not exciting. Instead, I'm gonna share with them about my client who started working with me last May and within a month built a business and is now making $15,000 a month in that business that she created in our life coaching sessions together. I'm going to share with them about the success of my clients who have had post-traumatic stress, post-traumatic stress that kept them up at night, that kept them anxious all day long, and how together in session, we were able to release the trauma and release the anxiety, so now they're sleeping better, and they have more peace and more joy and better relationships because of the work that we've done together. I'm going to talk about my clients who come to me and say, I'm on the brink of divorce and I don't know what to do. And we sit down and discuss the vision of a healthy relationship and a healthy marriage and what that looks like. And together built that so that their relationship is the vision that they desire to have. So when I say this tip is about asking questions, you're asking questions about their, not your, their desired outcome. What do they see for themselves, And then your job is to understand how your product supports them in getting to that end result. Now let's say you don't have a product, but let's take it back to being a teacher in the classroom and wanting everybody to follow the rules. Create vision in your students about what a well-behaved class looks like, how you get to have more fun, how you get to create an environment where you can have celebrations and parties if everyone is on track with good behavior. You must create vision. And how do you do this? Ask questions about what the other person wants so you know what the vision is that you're building together. Once you have the other person's vision, you can build interest around the vision and sell them on the vision. Stop talking about the product. All right, let's move on to tip number three. Remember I said most common mistake is either selling too hard or selling not enough. In other words, being too dominant or not dominant enough. Being too salesy or backing out right away as soon as there's a hesitation or an objection well if you follow tip number two and tip number four which i'm going to get into in a second you're going to find that happy medium because an overly pushy salesperson is talking too much about themselves, about how the product has helped them about why they love the product they're talking too much about the product and themselves. Whereas the excellent salesperson asks great questions, creates vision for their potential client or whoever it is that they're speaking with, and then they allow the other person to ask questions back. So I ask great questions and wait for the other person to ask great questions back. So you don't even have to worry about common mistake number three if you're going to implement tips two and four. which. I haven't spoken to you about tip number four yet, but I'm going to right now. Common mistake number four is backing down when the other person brings about questions, which I experience as either hesitation or resistance of some kind. So me as a salesperson, if I'm receiving questions, hesitation, or pushback from the other person, and then I interpret that as, they don't want my product or they have already made up their mind and they don't want this or they don't wanna help me or they don't have the vision around this that I have. And this is absolutely not true. I think this is what makes me a great salesperson is that I don't believe that. I just don't believe that. I do not believe that questions, hesitation, resistance, or pushback mean that the other person isn't interested. What I choose to believe instead is that the other person is interested. And that is why they're giving me questions, hesitation, resistance, and pushback. Remember, you control your thoughts and you create your reality. What if you choose to believe that this person's questions, hesitation, and pushback is actually interest? What if you chose to believe that? That will make all the difference. I promise you, you can go from 0% sales to 60, 70, 80% sales if you can choose to believe that this other person's questions, hesitation, and pushback is interest. Now, what do I mean by that? Let's say, let's take it back to me being a beach body coach, okay? When I was selling workout programs and healthy shakes that I wanted people to develop this healthier lifestyle through working out and drinking this one healthy meal a day. Okay, well, if I was in conversation with somebody... And they said, I'm not sure if I want to work out at home. And I also don't know how I feel about replacing one meal a day with a shake. And I'm also not sure about the price tag. I'm not going to interpret that as a no. Why? Because here's the thing. If that person really was a no, they would just flat out say, I'm not interested. Or, no. Okay? The mere fact that they are bringing up Questions, doubts, and hesitations that they have in their brain means that they are thinking about the product, but they're just asking me to help them overcome whatever block they have. They're asking me to help them overcome their block. That's really what it is. And because I choose to believe that, I have more positive influence. I'm choosing to believe that they want my support, that they're asking me, hey, like I'm struggling with this one thought, help me get over it. Even if they don't say those words, that's what I choose to hear. So I talk to them about what is exciting to them about the product? What is exciting to them about the program? And I say, okay, well, maybe there's a piece of you that's not sure if you wanna work out from home, but what is it that's appealing to you about this? I just flip it back around and ask them a question. What is appealing to you about it? Because I'm not gonna pretend to know and I'm not gonna talk them to death. I'm gonna ask them, where is the piece of it that's exciting for you? And then have them sell themselves into the vision by saying, well, you know, I guess what would be nice about working out from home is blah, 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 blah. I have no idea what they're gonna say, but I allow them to create the space to talk themselves into the vision. And if they say, I'm not sure about the price tag, all I have to do is reframe them again on the vision and the value of the vision and say, well, you told me earlier that this getting healthy and fit was really important to you. What is that worth to you? What is that worth to you? And now all of a sudden we actually have a a number to work with and they might say, gosh, that's worth a thousand dollars to me. Okay, well the product is $200. The value of it is $1,000. How can we create the $200? What can we do? What do we need to do in order to create the $200 so that you can get over $1,000 in value? And then just allow them a minute to brainstorm how they can create this $200 space. And maybe we need a couple months to save up, and that's fine. And then that brings me to tip number five, follow-up. Follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. Now, how do you do follow-ups? This one is the easiest because I'm going to tell you to have a formula. Take all of the thinking out of it and just choose how many times you want to do a follow-up and how often you want to do a follow-up and then execute like artificial intelligence. So instead of thinking, oh my gosh, is this person, you know, are they a yes, a no, a maybe they didn't tell me and should I follow up with them? Should I not follow up with them? How often should I follow up with them? Have a system and execute the same system with every single maybe that you ever hear. And this system saves you from overthinking. So I'll, I'll give you an example of a system. Let's say that you choose that you're gonna do three follow-ups total. One follow-up is gonna be a week later. The second follow-up is going to be one week after the first follow-up. And the third follow-up is going to be two weeks after the second follow-up. So you follow up in one week Then you wait two weeks and follow up again, then you wait three weeks and follow up again, then you're done. That's just one example of a follow-up system. But when you follow a follow-up system, you don't have to overthink anything. You don't have to stress yourself out at all. You just follow the system to a T like a robot. And if the person buys, great. If they don't or they ask for more time if they ask for more time i'll say when is a good time to follow up with you and then they'll get a fourth follow-up whenever they tell me to follow up with them so tip number five have a system for follow-ups and take all of the brain and the thinking out of it and just execute like ai now this is a really long episode and to be honest i have about a thousand more hours that i could go into on helping you become a more impactful salesperson but we're out of time and i want to respect your time so here's what i'll say if you are in sales at any capacity and you would be interested in more content like this to help you build your business and create more money in your business and and be a better converter a better salesperson what i would love for you to do is leave me a review that says that hey I loved the episode on increasing your impact. Please bring more content around sales, specifically, whatever specific thing, whatever specific request that you have around this topic, and I'll bring you more of it. Or if you're not sure what your specific request is, just say, I love the sales episode, more like this, please. And I'll do that. Uh, I was hesitant to even begin a conversation around sales because like I said earlier in my podcast, I think that some people take themselves out of even needing this information or wanting this information, but I promise you can apply this no matter who you are. If you create vision and sell people on the vision, you can create more influence in your life. And that's just a fact. So I hope that you have found this episode helpful. I can't wait to read your uh, reviews, your comments. Uh, If you wanna work more with me one-on-one, but you're not entirely sure if you can afford it. Here's what I wanna say to you. The prices on my website, they don't change. And the reason why they don't change is because, for a couple of reasons, but those basically are standalone packages that someone can buy on my website. However, you know how In-N-Out and Starbucks, they have like a secret menu? Maybe you don't know In-N-Out because that's like a very West Coast niche thing. But Starbucks has a secret menu so do I. So all you have to do to get kind of the details on the secret menu is set up a session with me. And usually the first session that I do, the vision session around understanding what you want in your life and and finding if we're a good fit, usually I charge $97 for that. It's free this month. So what you do is you're going to scroll through the show notes and you're going to click on the link that says free session, just click that link. It'll take you to my calendar. You can book an appointment with me for absolutely free. There's no obligation to continue working with me. There's absolutely no obligation to do anything moving forward. I just want to get to know my listeners better. And so this is one of the ways in which I'm like extending an olive branch trying to build community trying to get to know my listeners better by offering them free sessions until the end of the month so take advantage of that what do you have to lose we'll sit down together i'll see what it is that you want to create in your life and then i'll help you understand if life coaching is the right fit for you and if it isn't the right fit for you i'll let you know some other resources that i think would be a good fit for helping you get to your vision all right hope you've enjoyed today's episode And remember, life is a journey. You're the one in the driver's seat. I'll catch you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Life Coach In Your Pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, Or if you're looking to get involved in one of my coaching programs, you can reach me directly at CoachRachelBailey.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.